Welcome to Foothills Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Doug Peak. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit foothills.org. Welcome everyone to this wonderful celebration, Easter Sunday, where we celebrate the resurrected Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Today in particular, we're just going to focus on how the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest display of power and victory in all of human history. If you're visiting with us or this is the first time you've actually uh, watched uh, a service online or maybe you're doing church at home for the very first time and somebody is hosting a watch party and they kind of invited you in, I just want to welcome you. It's a great opportunity for whatever reason, you kind of navigated the foothills, and, and so God has brought you here for reason and purpose, and we're just glad you're checking us out and kind of seeing what we're about. And what we're about is we are all about Jesus, and we try to get everybody to connect to him personally, connect to their community and then can, of faith, and then connect to their mission and purpose in life. And so today we're going to focus on the first part of that is connecting to Jesus, because when Jesus rose from the dead, he proved once for all that he had the power over the one thing that messes up uh, our lives. It messes up our friendships, our relationships. It can mess up our our careers. It can mess up our love life, our sex life. It can mess up uh, uh, the city in which we live. It can mess up our neighborhoods, our, our state, our nation, the world, the globe. It can mess everything up. And that's called sin. And the Bible uses a very general term for that. But basically, it's the reason why human beings are flawed. And when he rose from the dead, he showed his power over uh, freeing us from that, conquering its impact, which is sin and death. Therefore, his resurrection proves that Jesus is not over King of Kings, Lord of the Lords, creation of the universe, but he also has the power over despair. He has power over the fear of loss. He has power over regret. He has power over mistakes, bad choices, and poor outcomes. He has power over evil, and he defeated it on the cross, and his resurrection proves that he did it. So come and celebrate this glorious event with us, and you'll discover a truth a truth that is deeper than just the material things that are happening in the world around you, the immediate things. It's a timeless truth, a forever truth. And this truth has the power to change your life for an eternity. Now, one of the reasons why is because this power, it it has something in it, and it is uh, the power of hope. You see, once sin has been defeated and Jesus rose from the dead, we now have a hope that cannot be destroyed. It can't be stolen, undermined, or diluted. It is a hope that depends not upon you and your circumstance, me and my circumstance, but on the resurrected, living Lord Jesus Christ. So I have a question for you today, and that is this. How strong is your hope? Just think about it for a moment. How powerful is the hope that sustains you each and every day? You see, the strength of your lifeline is the difference between life and death, from failure to success, to oppression versus a victory. It all comes down to your hope and the power of your hope. 
Now, there's one thing that's really interesting, and that is, is that coronavirus just lobbed the biggest softball for everybody who does what I do on Easter morning. I called all my buddies and talked to a lot of different guys that do what I do, and I'm like, I'm thinking of preaching on uh, John chapter 20. And John is one of the four gospels or biographies on the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I said, I'm, I'm thinking of that. And they're going, we're thinking the same thing. So I have a feeling that 90% of guys who do what I do are preaching on John chapter 20 today. Now, why is that? Well, let me share with you why that is. And that is because in a way it records very much what is happening today happened back then. A different reason, but very similar. Let's read and find out. Now, before I read, I want to share with you is that you can take notes for this message on our phone app. If you race over to the app store, search for Foothills Boise, and you download it, guess what? You will be able to fill in the blank and have all the verses that I'm about to read right there on your device. So it helps follow along, just an FYI. So let's read, starting with the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19, and see what it has to say. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together and the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders... That sounds a little bit like what we're going through today. We're at home with the doors locked. Now, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, that scene right there seems to be so similar. All we have to do is take out for fear of the Jewish leaders and put in coronavirus. We're all home. We're doing church at home. And we are self-quarantining because of a stay-at-home order, but also because of this fear of the coronavirus. And to me, this is one of the most surreal moments in history. An entire world stopped by a virus. A virus no one had heard of two months ago, coming from a place no one us has ever been. And like good old American uh, ingenuity, it has spawned massive memes on the internet. Some of my friends, you know, sent me the following, and I thought that it was pretty good. Here's a billboard for you that one of them sent me. Whoever said a person can't change the world never ate an undercooked bat. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny there. You know, what it's caused us to do, they've changed the world. We're all doing Zoom now. I mean, you know, pretty soon we're going to be doing, uh, we've done all of our work meetings on Zoom. We're doing uh, meetings with our relatives, fam grandma and grandpa, you know, across the fruited plain on Zoom. Uh, we're doing small groups on Zoom. We're doing, you know, neighborhood chats, get together with your girlfriend over coffee on Zoom now. It, it, everybody's Zooming so much that, uh, 
uh, the Italian Department of Antiquity decided that they were going to update Da Vinci's Last Supper to reflect the change in time for Zoom. So here's Da Vinci's Last Supper for all of us people on Zoom right now. That's what it looks like, my friend. You got to love that. That's funny right there. That's funny. I like that. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, these moments, like any other moment in your life, do something to us. What they do is they reveal or expose. They kind of peel back the layers of what we actually put our hope in, and we discover that some of the things we've put, been putting our hope in, some of the things we've been depending upon are insufficient, and that what we really need is we need an authentic hope. We need a powerful hope. We need an un wavering hope, a hope that is more than just the immediate, but spans the circumstance and spans our life and expands beyond even our death into eternity. Now, some people, some people have put their hope in themselves and they're finding out that they don't have what it takes right now to sustain them and answer their questions in the midst of this pandemic. Some people have put their hope in government. And what they're finding out now is that even in the best designed government, it's run by flawed people who make flawed decisions based on incomplete data. We, we can't always have all the facts, and even then we don't make the best decisions. And so government is insufficient in times like this. I believe that the only people that are not disappointed right now, the people who have the hope of all hopes are those who depend and place their hope in the risen Son of God, Jesus Christ. So I have a question for you today, and it's this very simple question. How strong is your hope? How strong is it really? Now, the reason I ask that question is because uh, the strength of our hope, the strength of our hope is what really allows us to thrive in the midst of this quarantine. It no longer is quixotic. You like that word? It's not only quixotic, it becomes quality quarantine. I just want you to know I had to work really hard for that because there's not a lot of Q words in, that, that go with quarantine. It's really hard to alliterate quarantine, just saying. But anyway, there's a lot going on. And these moments in time have really shown us how difficult it is to have the most important hope of hopes. And so I wanted to share with you five things that God wants you to know and five things that the resurrection of Jesus Christ proves in this time when we need a hope that springs eternal. So let's go through these. They will be on our phone app and I will have them here up on the screen as well, okay? So number one is that I want you to know that God values you. You are important to him. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ proves how important you are to God. Look at Ephesians chapter one, verses five and six. I would like to read them for you. Now, 
In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now, if you have a highlighter or a Bible or whatever, I want you to notice that right before verse 4 or 5, it's not on the screen here, but it says, in love, he predestined for us to what? Adoption. You see, you are desired by God, so valuable to God that he wants to adopt you into his family. And this plan to do it was predetermined in accordance with his pleasure, and it was given to us in the one he loves. So he's talking about Jesus there. All right? The second thing that I want you to know is that God says you are tainted by something. You're not perfect. So you can uh, be valued by God, but still have a sickness or like, like similar to Corona. You have a virus that can damage you. It has an influence on you. It can affect you and impact your life and the lives around those and so uh, the, around you. And so the Bible says that you are tainted. And this thing, this virus that the Bible references that influence you, they call it sin. And so the Bible says in Romans, the following, that all of us are in this same boat. Chapter 3, verse 23. For all of us, what? Are tainted. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the third thing that God wants you to know today and that the resurrection proves is that Jesus came to take this taint away. So Jesus came to take the taint away. He came to set you free from it as an act of love. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 8. It says the following, God demonstrates his own what? That's right, love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were tainted by this virus, Christ died for us. So God values you, and yet we are still tainted by sin, and Jesus came to take the taint away. That's why he came, and that's why he was crucified on a cross, in order to wash the taint away. Which leads me to the next point, and that is number four, and that is his resurrection from the dead proves that he was successful. His resurrection is the proof that he was able to do what he said he would do. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says this, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. What he's saying is that the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead proves that he 
had victory over sin and death. So much though, if you go down to verse 26, he's abolishing the influence of sin. He's abolishing the effects of sin, the oppression of sin, the influence of sin. He is having victory over all of these things through his crucifixion and his resurrection proves the victory is coming. So much so that verse 26 says this, on the last enemy that he will defeat, The last enemy to be destroyed is what? Death itself. You see, Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead proves that his crucifixion, his sacrifice on the cross was sufficient and powerful enough to destroy the influence and power and oppression of sin and Death, which leads to the fifth thing that God wants you to know on this day, and that is the way you experience new hope, the way you experience this new life, this new birth, this new joy with God is by embracing Jesus. You experience new hope by embracing Jesus Christ. Now, what exactly does that mean? Well, you see, the Bible has a lot to say about what it means to completely embrace Jesus Christ. Jesus, in John chapter 3, actually describes this process, and he gives it a really unique term. He calls it like being born all over again. Now, let me share with you what the Bible teaches specifically about what it means to embrace Jesus, okay? It begins in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and this is what they say. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. So declaration is confession. If you believe in your heart, So there's belief, which is a conviction, right? That God raised him from the dead. What is my conviction? What is the focus of what I am to believe? That Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and then God, what? Raised him from the dead. Only Jesus has the power to defeat sin and death. I will be what? Saved or born again. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. So here we see the concept of declaration or confession with your mouth and belief in your heart. If we turn to Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, we find Apostle Peter saying even more. Look at what he tells the people when they asked him in verse 37. They said, what must we do to embrace Jesus? What must we do to be saved? And this is what he said. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of who? Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is a very important thing to understand, and that is 
Embracing Jesus is only one step away. And when we confess, when we believe, when we repent, and then when we are baptized, the Holy Spirit, the Scripture teaches, is given to us as a gift from God himself. It is his divine presence, and it lives within us. This divine presence is so powerful, and this is where the hope of all hopes comes from. It doesn't come from myself, my own thoughts, my own desire, my own will or strength. It comes from the Holy Spirit, God's divine presence within my soul. It is his divine presence that gives me hope in the midst of despair. It is divine presence, knowing that he is with me in every moment, that is healing the wounds that sin has affected upon me. His, his divine holy presence within me is what binds up, you know, my brokenness. It helps people heal from all sorts of brokenhearted things. It establishes your foot on solid ground. It restores your soul, refreshes your soul. The Bible says that when you experience this, it's like you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Let me be even more specific than this. If you're a guy, if you're a guy and you realize that God values you and that yet you're tainted by sin and so he died on the cross to remove that taint and you embrace him completely in faith, something changes in your identity as a man. You are affirmed. You now have a name that is an eternal name, a new identity. You don't have to ask yourself anymore, uh, am I a man? What is a man? Do I measure up to a man each and every day? His divine presence within you has a hope that you are becoming more and more the man you were meant to be and called to be. Your heavenly father looks down upon you and says, I have given you a new name. I've given you a new identity. You no longer have to guess or operate in fear, insecurity. What you can do now is you can be bold and confident and courageous courageous and strong as you were called to be. If you're a woman, you no longer have to wonder if you're going to be accepted or if you fit or if you are a part. When you realize that you are valued by God, yet tainted by sin, and Jesus Christ came to take that tent away, his resurrection proves that he was victorious. And when you embrace Jesus, you are now validated as a woman. You are able to love and to be loved. His divine presence within you is the tremendous security and peace to operate in relationships peacefully, to go out and achieve the goals uh, that you want as a woman in your life, not because you're trying to defeat someone or have something to prove, but because it's just an expression of your inner identity. That's what it means to have the divine, holy presence of God healing and restoring your soul. It's all about embracing Jesus. These are the five things that God wants you to know to have a hope that will never, never fail. It is the hope of eternity with God.
So I'd like you to do something, a little, a little kind of, you can do it a mental exercise, you can do it in your phone app, you can do it on a piece of paper, whatever. Is I'd like you to just draw a line, okay? I'd like you to draw a little line, and on one side of this line, I'd like you to put Jesus, okay? On the other side of this line, I'd just like you to write far away, okay? So just draw a line, write Jesus over here on the right, far away over on the left. And then what I would like you to do is I would like you to take a mark or a dash or a smiley face or a sad face or whatever, even if it's just in your head, put yourself on that line. Where are you right now? Just be honest. Now, you're not gonna, I'm not going to see it. Nobody's going to see it. If you're sitting there with your wife, feel free to just draw that and put your hand over it. And that way you could be put whatever you think. Just be really, really honest. Now, if you're the kind of guy uh, that puts yourself right over here, I have a special uh, class for you. It's called Therapy 101. And uh, we're, okay, I'm kidding. Not really. Um, Wherever you put yourself on, your on this line, uh, let's say you put yourself here. Maybe you put yourself over here. Or you put yourself in the middle. You know, people are like, oh, I'll be safe. I'll just put myself in the middle. You know, where are you going to put yourself? Now, here's my next question for you. Where would you like to be on that line? Where would you like to be? If you put yourself all the way over here and you'd like to be here, that means something. If you put yourself in the middle and then you're thinking, I want to be over here, that means something. You know what that means? That means deep in your soul, God is calling you to come to him. That's right. Jesus is calling you to come to him. Don't ignore the call of Jesus. Don't ignore what God is doing in you right now in the midst of this quarantine. If Jesus is calling, take one step in his direction. It doesn't matter how far away, even if you're over here, just less left of the F, you know, and you feel like you failed at life. It doesn't matter. If you just want to get to here, take a step in that direction. Everything that we're doing and celebrating today is all about you understanding these five biblical truths and how they're meant to give you a hope that can never be taken away. We even put together a booklet. It's called How to Connect to Jesus Christ. And this booklet, you can go to our website. You can download it there. If you go to our website, there's a little thing called books or resources. And it's just an ebook. Go there, click on it. It's free. And it just helps you walk through these steps. It has many of the verses that I just talked about in it. Would you download it and give it to a friend? Would you download it and go through with it yourself? You know what's amazing about this is that this is the first time where you know you can take a step towards Jesus in the most authentic possible way you ever could. What do I mean by that? Well, you're not in a room where there's music that helps inspire your decision. You're not around thousands of people who are making the same decision. It's just you and God right now. And the only person that's going to be working in your heart right now is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to Jesus and his divine presence in your heart right now, calling you to him and take that next step. Download that booklet. If you want to, type in the chat room right now. If you're online, Jesus, and someone will help you. Type in prayer. Type in connect. If you type in those words in the chat, 
There's people who want to be there, right there for you to help you take the next step. Because that's what celebrating the resurrection of Jesus is all about. It's all about the victory that we have over sin and death. And our victory is not in ourselves. It is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that gives us a hope that is eternal. That lets us be courageously the people we are meant to be. And what I'd like you to do now is I'd like you to just watch a little video about our church, Foothills, and how we have tried to do ministry even in the midst of such a horrendous pandemic. Let's watch. This Sunday, coronavirus pandemic. I am officially declaring a national emergency. President Trump's announcement coming as cases sold. Reported cases of COVID-19 in our area. More than 100 people have tested positive for COVID-19. Missouri just joined 40 other states that are urging people to stay home. That covers nearly 95% of the U.S. population. Wuhan. 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 Wuhan, China. To Wuhan. Now, the Chinese city where COVID-19 first emerged, the city of Wuhan. We made a choice. 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 We made the choice. You see, our choice was simply to be the people that God has called us to be, and that's the church. Jesus called us, and he's called you as a part of his church to be a light in the darkness, a city that is a place of refuge set on a hill that all could find salt. And so we want to live our lives even in the midst of this pandemic and this quarantine ministering in the best way we can. We want to do all we can to keep people safe. We do all we can to help those that are isolated. We do all we can to continue to minister. We want to do all we can to meet the needs for all of the small businesses and all of the people in the service industry that have been laid off, lost their jobs, have their businesses shut down. Idaho set a record in the last two weeks, and that is our unemployment now has hit higher than it's ever been in our history. 
You know, the, high, the biggest record we'd ever had was 9.6. The report out today was that it's now at 11.5 and it's going to go higher. And so our goal is to do all we can. Now, if you're a person who's lost your job and you, you have nothing that you can be generous or give or be a part of a church, that doesn't mean you can't make a difference. You can make a difference. And you can make a difference in one, uh, just do it three basic ways you can make a difference, okay? Number one, first way you can make a difference is to pray. Pray for your church. Pray for your friends and your family. So pray, pray, pray. The second thing to do is download our Principle of Five card. All it is is a card where you can write down five names of friends or family. And then what is so important to do is to then think, how can I each and every day intentionally minister to the people in the best way that I can? And then number three, you can continue to uh, search out and support ministry through volunteering in appropriate self-quarantining or social distancing ways. You can still do that. There's still things that you can do that follow the CDC guidelines. So find a way to keep making a difference because you're not alone. You still have a purpose. You still have a contribution to make. Now for all of you who still are working and some of you are working overtime and God is opening up the spigot for you, then my hope and prayer is that you will see your life like Jesus sees your life right now and that you can make a difference, even in self-quarantine, even if you're working from home. You can make a greater difference. So I'm asking you to join us in being the church and really be generous in celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can do it online. You can go there in our website and just click on give. You can do it through the app. We have a big app, uh, our Foothills app. You just click on the give button. You can also do it on texting. We have a special text number that you can actually text. It's 208-505-9111. You go there, you set it up on your debit card, it takes just a second. Or you can just do it through your bank. You go on there and set up Foothills is, is a place that you want things to go to, and it'll do it automatically for you. I have found that for me, the things I value the most, the things that are most important to I automate and I make them regularly scheduled. So please join us in being the church through this pandemic. Now, the final thing I'd like to share with you is this, is that when it comes to hope, don't try to go through this without the hope that comes from Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Tough times don't last, but hope-filled people do. Hope-filled people last for an eternity when their hope is in Jesus Christ. So I would like to close with prayer for you and for all those who made a decision today to download that book and start their journey of embracing Jesus Christ. Father God, we come into your presence as we celebrate your risen Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Though the two of you are one and the same, God, we understand and embrace 
Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead proves that he conquered the power and influence of how sin messes up our lives, our love, our relationship, our careers, our jobs, everything. And now, God, we want to walk in the newness of the life, and we want to walk in the newness of identity. We want to walk in the newness of every good thing that you've done for us. We want to celebrate the resurrection as a new beginning each and every day in our life. And in the name of Jesus Christ, God, I pray every person who has turned to you, taken one step, would finally, God, begin to experience your voice, your sense that you're calling them closer to you. God, let them take those steps. Let them begin their journey towards you. It all begins, God, with that booklet. It all begins with you. So God, I pray that our celebration this year is unlike any celebration for we finally get to be the church fueled not by material things, God, but fueled by the power of your divine presence, the Holy Spirit. So I pray this in the name, the only name, the risen name, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Happy Easter. If you have kids, watch the video after this. Enjoy your day and what the Lord is doing in you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this Sermon of the Week. Video footage of this sermon and others can be found on foothills.org.